Hey guys, welcome back to Fiction Fixation. We're your hosts. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. And this week we are talking about the Netflix original movie Candy Jar, starring Sammy Gale and Jacob Lattimore. It's a 2018 movie. Mm-hmm. What the hell was 2018 like? It just feels like it was a different world. I find it hard to remember pre-COVID times. Yeah. I've been seeing a lot about pandemic babies and they're like, these pandemic babies are different. (laughs) You know, like they're almost three right now. Right. And they're like, yeah, no, these babies are, they're they're different. They hate people. Daycare? I don't think so. They invented like a new love language and it's called physical space. (laughs) (laughs) So our story takes place at a private prep school. We have Lona Skinner. Lona Skinner is being raised by a single mom. Mm -hmm. She's there on a scholarship and she's hoping to get into Harvard, her Ivy League of choice. She is in the debate club and she's really into it. She wants to be a lawyer. Mm -hmm. And then we have Bennett Russell. Bennett Russell is a lot better off financially than Lona is. His mom is a state senator and he wants to go to Yale also to be a lawyer. Lona and Bennett are high school seniors. They're in competition to be like number one nerd. (laughs) You know what? Of all the competitions you could have, I feel like this is a pretty safe one. But also like this could be like the most vicious competition if you really wanted it to be. You know, there is potential here. The movie opens up to them arguing with the principal. Yes, because they are the only two members of the debate team Mm -hmm. and they need a president. This is stupid. Why do you need a president in a group of two? Status. Yeah, they're they're literally just wanting to be like, I'm the boss of you. Exactly. And (laughs) the the principal is like, listen, I'm a year away from retirement. This time next year, I'm going to be on a beach in France drinking some fruity cocktail. You're not going to ruin my last year here. Get out of here and go see the guidance counselor. Yeah, the principal is literally like, I could care less. Like, my dudes, my dudes. Actually, he says, you can't choose, just be co-presidents. And they're like, absolutely not. Co-presidents of what? There's only two of you. He's like, co-presidents, no presidents. I don't give a damn. So straight out of the principal's office, they race to the guidance counselor. Mm Mm-hmm. So the guidance counselor is played by Helen Hunt, Mm. who I actually really love. She had a sitcom called Mad About You, and I watched it constantly. I love it. Anyways, so her office, you know, it has a desk. It has like cozy little chairs, and it's full of candy. There is so much candy everywhere. And I feel like this is one of the things to where the children now associate dopamine rushes Mm -hmm. with their guidance counselor because she's pumping them full of sugar. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, okay, so to me, it kind of gave me the vibes of like that witch that lives in the forest and like lures children in and gives them candy. When we say that the office is full of candy, we're not kidding. There's candy jars all over the office. There is. There's jars of different candies everywhere. It actually looks like a candy store in there. It does. So Lona is the first one to get there and she just comes in and starts stuffing her little cheeks Mm -hmm. full of candy, which same same yeah and you could tell that the guidance counselor like she plays an important role in these kids lives you know and she seems to really care and seems invested in their little issues i remember my only interaction with my guidance counselor in high school was her telling me that i was stupid for wanting to go out of state and that it was going to be too expensive and i needed better better goals in life (laughs) 
So I didn't have much interaction with the guidance counselors in like elementary or middle school. But I remember the guidance counselor my sophomore year of high school. He told me to quit finding hills to die on. Oh, my God. Courtney, you should have gotten that tattooed on your butt. He was like, quit finding hills to die on. And I said, I don't understand what you mean. And he's like, not things aren't that deep sometimes. You can let things go. Wow. I was like, um, politely, no. Respectfully. Respectfully, no. Respectfully, I will die on this hill that you are wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was I, I had gotten in a fight and it was right after that. So the other thing about... Bennett and Lona, apart from being the only two members of the debate team, is the fact that like they've known each other their whole lives because they talk about how they've been basically Mm -hmm. enemies their whole lives. Yeah, they've been enemies their whole lives. And a lot of it has to do with their moms. Mm -hmm. More specifically, it has to do with Lona's mom. Yes. So Lona's mom and Bennett's mom also went to high school together. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not exactly sure what the relationship was, but it obviously wasn't a good one because Lona's mom seems to carry a lot of resentment that Ben's mom had the audacity to go on and be rich and successful. Yeah, and I think it's Lona's mom's like, listen, we came from the same place, but like she just did better. And see, from what we can tell, Bennett's mom is not gloating or anything. She's not a bad person. She seems to be very nice. Dude, I mean, yeah, she's basically just existing. Mm-hmm. It just occurred to me, like, in these movies where there's a private prep school, there's always, like, the scholarship kid. And somehow, regardless of how big that school is, the scholarship kid always knows personally, like, is in first name basis with the richest kid in the school. It's like a rule, you know? Like, I don't I don't understand it. I don't make the rules. <laughs> but it, 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 it has to happen, you know? Well, the other thing, too, is so Bennett's mom is a senator. And she had described at one point in the movie, the mom describes that she came from nothing. And I'm just like, wait a minute. Senators don't get paid an insane amount of money. Um, Are you insane? How much do senators get paid? Like $125,000 a year. I mean, $125,000 a year is not like mansion money. They make $174,000 a year. I mean, I guess my point is this. My point is that when you look at how she's living, she's not living like someone who makes $180,000 a year. She's living like a millionaire. She has a huge estate. She drives expensive cars. She's known to be rich. Like she lives like a millionaire and that's not uncommon for senators to live like millionaires even though they don't earn like millionaires and to me i'm just saying that's sus it's sus. It, no it absolutely is it is completely sus and i feel like we need um some tax records and bank statements from all senators make poor people senators you know what i feel like sen like senators are in essence public servants all senators should make the median annual pay of where they live. I mean, well, when you think about it, that's kind of unfair because they're doing the same job as other senators, but making way less. So I don't think that's Oh fair. my God. It's like capitalism and they have to experience it like a poor person. <laughs> <laughs> when capitalism bites rich people. All 
obviously Bennett and Lona have a lot in common. Like they are both just really, really into debate and they spend a lot of time like preparing for their debates and they talk a mile a minute and they're know-it-all. So you can kind of see why they clash because they both want to be the best. So mm-hmm. I, I get why they don't get along. Like you said, they're they're fighting over being the head nerd here. Mm-hmm. All year they have the same debate topic. Um, and this topic was... The cost of college outweighs the benefits. I could not argue that that is untrue. Dude, I remember my college textbooks costing like $300, $400 each. Mm-hmm. There is no reason, like no freaking reason. Like, you know, those books probably cost $10 to print. It is ridiculous. I think college is a little bit of a pyramid scheme when you think about it. Also, a lot of the times... The professor that is telling you to get these books, they were a contributor to the book. So they're making money off of it. And that's what I I was going to say that that's why it's like kind of like a pyramid scheme, because the books are written by instructors that then turn around and sell them for like hundreds of dollars a pop. Yeah. You shouldn't be allowed to get a degree in something that you can't pay your loans back with. Honestly, I think most jobs can be done with on the job training. Yeah. I mean, let's bring back, what was it called? Trades. Trade schools. Trade schools. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's bring that back. Anyway, we're just two old, poor millennials who learned the hard way. (laughs) Every month, Sally Mae comes knocking on the door like, hey, bitch, (laughs) it's me again. Like I said, the Department of Education is going to send the mafia to collect my Taylor Swift tickets. Um So these kids are not experiencing high school. Um, And they don't have any friends. I know. It took me a long time to pick up on it, but I was like, I don't ever see them talking to anyone but the guidance counselor. The guidance counselor is their only friend, their confidant, their diary, um, their conscience. Yeah, the guidance counselor keeps telling them, like, have fun, have fun. Both Bennett and Lona are, like, anti-fun. Because even when it's, like, time for homecoming, their parents force them individually to, like, get dressed up. And then they don't even go to the dance. They end up at a movie theater watching old French movies. Separately. Yeah. <laughs> Which just makes you think like they are the same person. And that's one of the things is to where like opposites attract and these are the same person. Yeah. You know, and it's just. They're repelling each other Mm -hmm. because they insist on acting like they hate each other. And really, Mm -hmm. I honestly think it has to do with the parents, like you said. Yeah. Well, after they're not going to homecoming thing, as both Lona and Bennett are leaving the movie theater, her heel breaks. Mm-hmm. And it starts thundering outside. <laughs> yeah. And so Bennett's like, I guess I could like give you a ride. He's very, very kind. Well, he's he says it in a nicer way than that. He does. He just says, like, hey, I can give you a ride. And she's hesitating because she's just like, I hate you because reasons. But eventually she gives in, you know, providing that he takes her straight home. Which he doesn't. He takes her to a rallies. What's a rallies? You've never been to a rallies? No, I've never been to a rallies. I didn't realize that's where they went. I just knew it was a fast food place. Listen, so it doesn't specifically say rallies. Rallies has the best fries ever. Oh. And like you have not lived. You know what? When you, when you come here in June, I'm going to take you to a rallies. Okay. You know, he takes her to a fast food place and he gets her a milkshake even though she doesn't want it and she drinks it and loves it even though she refuses. So it's, I mean, their 
hatred of each other is so forced mm-hmm. and really one-sided. It's really Lona that is refusing to like Bennett. Yeah, it, Bennett seems to be a pretty like go with the flow guy, you know. You know, too, is the fact that these two kids are such nerds and all they care about is like being the best on the debate team so that they can get into Ivy League colleges. And these Mm -hmm. are the kids of parents' dreams. Mm -hmm. Because when a kid is a nerd, they're not going to be into partying. They're not going to be into, you know, doing the things that the cool kids are doing. Because let's be honest, the cool kids are doing bad things. Sometimes, yeah. Most of the time. Most of the time, yeah. I'll go with that. (laughs) I don't know. See, I didn't really party in high school. Yeah, I didn't party in high school either. I partied in college. So throughout the beginning of the movie, both Bennett and Lona are working hard because they're trying to qualify for the state tournament. Yes. And so there is like an event held that's going to announce like who's going to the state tournaments. And so all the parents are there mm-hmm. and Bennett's mom, who again is a state senator, goes up to give a speech. Yeah, and, you know, she's giving her speech, and it's really cute, and she talk, you know, she's talking about, you know, success, and the whole time she's talking, Lona's mom is over there making snide little comments. That really upset me, dude. Yes, it was so childish and petty. She kept saying things like, oh my God, she keeps name dropping. Why are you taking the spotlight from the kids? And as she's saying this, people around her are laughing Mm -hmm. and it's becoming increasingly disruptive to the speech. It's, it it was cringy. And even Lona's like, mom, shut up. Mm -hmm. And can we just say, so we forgot to mention this. So Bennett is black and his Mm -hmm. mom is a black woman. And I just have to say that if, Bennett's mom would have lost her temper. She would have just been an angry black woman. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And she handled it beautifully. Like she did. She says there seems to be some disruption in the audience. Um, And then Lona's mom is like, oh, that was me. I just want you to, you know, define your definition of success. And she's like, well, you know what? We came from the same school. Why don't you come up here and Mm -hmm. tell us all about your success? Like giving her the attention she obviously wanted. That was such a good burn because she's like, oh, why don't, yeah, you come up here. Tell us about your success. Mm -hmm. And that kind of shuts her up. It does. After that whole incident, the judges reconvened and then announced winners. So they were pretty sure that they were going to win. And then after... Lona's mom's outburst, um, they decided to award it to someone else. Dude, so their mom's little back and forth cost mm-hmm. them the the spot to qualify for state tournament. And this is, you know, this is what they've been working for all year long. They mm-hmm. wanted the state championship to put on their college resume. Yes. And they're super bummed about it, but the guidance counselor tells them, like, hey. You guys have one more shot. And they're like, not at individual positions. It's a team position and we don't have partners. She's like, duh, each other, you dumbasses. So yeah, the guidance counselor's like, hey guys, there's another option. And both of them are immediately like, you are off your rocker lady. Absolutely not. As they chump on candy that's in her office. Yeah. (laughs) And so Bennett actually breaks first and he's like, listen, this is our only chance And so then finally, Bennett kind of tricks Lona into being like, well, you probably couldn't even win anyway. And obviously that's like game on for her. She's like, 
no, now we have to do this. I have to prove you wrong. And he's like, oh, no. That's kind of, he's like, oh, no, it's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. Um, You know, it's funny because that's exactly what motivates me is someone telling me like, I don't think you can do this. And I'm like, okay, bet. Like, now I have to. Like, thank you. Now I have to. Yeah. Like, I wasn't going to, but since you decided to call my bluff, I will absolutely be doing that now. Thank you. No one's ever told me that they didn't think I would be a millionaire. And so, therefore. I don't think you're ever going to be a millionaire. <gasps> okay, bet. I'm going to yeah. find a millionaire to marry. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Rose. <laughs> Divorce, because I need to prove a point. You know, you just get a sugar daddy. But like a sugar daddy who's like diabetic, who doesn't actually want any sugar. So... <laughs> So yeah, so they, we get a montage and mm-hmm. and actually we get several montages in this movie of like them preparing for debate and honestly. They're all the same. I mean, they're all the same. It gives me a headache because they're talking a mile a minute and it's sped up for the movie. So it sounds mm-hmm. like gibberish to me. They're like spewing out their points. Is this what debate is? Just kind of like yelling out your point at the, you know, without taking a breath? I feel like it. I don't understand it. Like, I thought debate was something completely different. I thought it was like lawyers in a courtroom. But that's not what this is. I thought it was more of a back and forth. Mm -hmm. And I guess to an extent it is because you have a chance to respond to your opponent. Mm -hmm. But in reality, it's just like this info dump of information. But anyway, so we see those montages. And we also see montages of... Bennett and Lona prepping like they're preparing because mm-hmm. they want to qualify for the state tournament as a as a pair. Yeah. So, you know, they're trying to prep for the qualifiers and they're not getting along like they're still like everything the other one does just annoys them. Mm hmm. Inevitably, they do qualify for the state tournament because they're good mm-hmm. at what they do. And honestly, you know, Across the board, if you pour all your energy into something, you're going to get somewhere with it. Like, you just are. I mean, I think for the most part, yeah. Unless you pour all your energy into drugs, then you're probably not going to get anywhere. (laughs) I mean, jail. Yeah, if you pour all your energy into crime and drugs. Do I really have to, like, add a footnote to, like, explain what I meant? (laughs) Do I have to list all the things that you shouldn't pour your energy into? Yeah, um, embezzlement. You should not pour all your energy into embezzlement, although you do get somewhere when you do that. Espionage. Espionage. You get shot for treason. <laughs> or hung um, in some countries. Yes. Um. Anyways, so they're still not getting along. Even the day of the qualifiers, mm-hmm. they are not getting along. Yeah. And the guidance counselor is like, hey, but you know what? You guys still made it. Add that to your application. Yeah. And the guidance counselor is there to give them a pep talk. And she's like, hey, guys, above all else, have fun. Like, have fun. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, girl, you're barking up the wrong tree because these kids, they wouldn't know fun if they if it, like, hit them in the face. Mm-hmm. So the day comes where they get to find out if they got into their schools of choice. Bennett wants to go to Yale and Lona wants to go to Harvard. Yes. And they each log in separately in their own homes with their own moms Mm -hmm. and neither one of them got into their school neither one of them got in and it is devastating to both of them it's so hard because you have to imagine this happens to a lot of kids like there are a Mm -hmm. lot of kids that have this dream of going to an ivy league school 
And it's like your chances of getting in, even if literally you can do everything right and be perfect, everyone mm-hmm. applying did everything right and is perfect. Yeah. I, I don't understand the lore of Ivy League schools. I mean, I see the point of Ivy Leagues. Like they tend to have like the best programs, the best funding, the best educators, like the highest tuition. And it means something, you know, when you have it on your application. I I don't know. I can't I can't get myself to be like, yeah, that makes sense to me. Because when you're spending, you know, 10 years worth of annual income Mm -hmm. of like the average American to go to college, it just I can't make it make sense in my brain. Well, Lona's mom is very supportive of Lona for not getting into Harvard, but Mm -hmm. Bennett's mom is having a hard time. He wakes up the next morning to her on the phone like, listen, I'm very disappointed. I cannot believe he didn't get in. Might I remind you that I just donated $100,000 to your institute and he gets up and he, he hears her, walks into her office and just hangs the phone up. Yeah, they get into a big argument because his mom is basically insinuating that his future is over because he didn't get into Yale. Mm -hmm. She tells him like, no, it's just going to take some more arm bending. And he's like, no, mom, they've made up their minds, you know. Mm -hmm. Then you have Lona, who's just in bed. And normally she's up at like five o'clock in the morning And at 6.30, when her mom goes into her room, Lona's still in bed. She's like, "Mm, what's the point? It's called depression, baby. (laughs) Yeah. So Lona gets to school in the morning, and she's waiting outside the guidance counselor's office for her to get there. You know, she looks looks horrible. Yeah, and Bennett is also there. I mean, they obviously take turns going into the guidance counselor's office. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, this guidance counselor has really good job security because there's you know, like students are actually going to her. Mm-hmm. The principal comes by and he's like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, we're waiting for Kathy. And he's like, I'm sorry to tell you, but Kathy passed away. And they're like, oh, no, Kathy, the guidance counselor, the one with the candy. Mm-hmm. We're waiting for her. And he's like, yeah, she um, she's dead. She's dead. She got in an accident Friday after school. I'm getting ready to make the announcement. What the heck, man? How inconsiderate is it for her to die? It's so inconsiderate. Obviously, I'm kidding. No one's like choosing to die. But it's also like, holy crap. It is like the one person that they told all their secrets to and like their like insecurities that like help talk them off the ledges. She gone. She was their only confidant. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, I know this isn't the time to bring this up, but what's going to happen to all that candy? I mean, I guess somebody will eat the candy, but like. You're going to eat a dead woman's candy? What are we going to do? Bury it with her? <laughs> are we going to like like cremate the candy with her just put it in the trash jesus christ courtney just because the candy's there doesn't mean you have to eat it <laughs> why would we waste it you're gonna be you're gonna be in there like sobbing and stuffing your face with the candy like i miss her it's like why would i not oh my god you have issues no i think you're being like super weird like we have to throw the candy away the candy cannot be consumed because it's a dead person's candy she didn't die on the candy she didn't she didn't die on the candy if i lived alone and i had just gone grocery shopping i think it would be so weird for somebody to come in and be like oh she died so now i have to like meal prep with all her groceries i'm not saying meal prep i'm saying don't be wasteful i don't know 
eating a dead person's Listen, candy. Listen, that just seems from the looks of it, that was not like cheap candy. Okay. I know. And it was a lot of it. So we're not talking like a bag of M&Ms, okay? As you can imagine, Bennett and Lona are distraught by the death of the guidance counselor slash their only friend. Mm -hmm. And this kind of marks a shift between them because they're mourning together. Yeah, now they have something in common that they're not in competition about. Right. They're and they're both going through the same thing mm-hmm. and not just the guidance counselor dying. Yeah, they they're outside after her funeral and they both admit to each other that they didn't get into their school. Right. And I think it's very powerful that not only are they mourning together but they're also going through that same disappointment of not getting into the school because Bennett looks at her and he's like what did we do all this for? And when you think about it, there's no one else in the world that understands what they're going through. Like they're going through a very specific mm-hmm. set of circumstances and they're both like identical. Yeah. And he's like, you know, we haven't like, we haven't done high school, you know, we mm-hmm. didn't go to any football games. We didn't go to parties. We didn't even go to the dances. Like what was it all for? I guess it's partially grief because I think when you lose someone, unexpectedly you start Mm -hmm. to question like the meaning of life you start to question how you've been living your life Mm -hmm. i think it gives you i think death gives you perspective it does give you perspective you know especially she wasn't this is going to sound terrible but she wasn't like somebody's grandmother you know she seemed relatively young like not much older than us probably like 40s Bitch, watch your mouth. I said not much older than us. But you're right. No, you're right. And that's what I mean when someone dies unexpectedly. Mm -hmm. It's very shocking because it reminds Mm -hmm. you like how precious life is. She died in an accident. So really, that could have been either one of them could have died in an accident. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this is kind of a reorienting of their priorities And they both go to their debate teacher to, like, make an announcement. Yeah, and their announcement is, we've decided not to compete in the state championship. Mm, That's shocking to the debate teacher because he's like, my dude, this is your personality. Like, you have to, like, what else are you going to do? Yeah, and he's like, so let me get this straight. The one time you guys can agree on something and it's that you've agreed to not compete and then they stay silent and he's like and the only time you're silent is now are you kidding me <laughs> the debate teacher tells them like you're you're going to regret this like you're going to regret mm-hmm. not taking it all the way and honestly i agree because i don't think this is what guidance counselor Kathy would have wanted yeah like you guys have come this far you can't bitch out now yeah so we get another montage it's a montage of them studying, researching, prepping, getting yeah. along. Like they're becoming friends. Right. You see them. And it's different from the previous montages of them preparing because the previous montages, they were very like serious and it was all business. And this time around, there's a lot more lightness and laughing because they're not taking it so seriously this time around. They're eating cookies together, you know? They're eating cookies. There's like cups that supposedly have milk but they're empty because side note the cups in movies are always freaking empty and it drives me up the wall (laughs) also in this montage we um 
we get a kiss. After many, many nights of studying for the state championships, they're cleaning up the table and then they look up and they find that their faces are millimeters apart. Mm -hmm. This is the most awkward freaking kiss I've ever seen in my life. Well, because it's like a peck and then it's like, ooh, and then another peck and then like, ooh, then another peck and then like, oh, no. And then then be like, what have I done? No, this cannot happen. No, it, it, mm. It is ridiculous. It is the most awkward kiss I've ever seen in my life. It's like undo, undo, undo. Um, obviously, something has changed, but they both go on like nothing happened. Like mm -hmm. they kind of finish cleaning up and the next day, Lona skips school. You know what? It's a mental health day. I feel like she deserves it. <laughs> Take that day, girl. Um, their moms have a small confrontation, which was interesting. So Lona's mom works as a barista and Bennett's mom comes up and she's like, listen, first of all, she addresses the heckling at her speech, which, you know, she needed to address. She was like, listen, what you did that night was not cool. Yeah. She's like, that was out of line. And, you know, Lona's mom takes responsibility and she's like, I know, I'm sorry. Good. You need to be sorry. That was so childish. You're lucky you didn't mm -hmm. get like freaking punched in the face. You're lucky you're allowed to still attend debate competitions with your child. Yeah. You know what? Like I'm telling you, like Bennett's mom is so much more likable. I, I don't know if she was supposed to be the rich snobby person, but she is not at all. No. When Bennett's mother goes to Lona's mom, She's like, hey, listen, um, Bennett's been spending a lot of time at your house and he cannot stop talking about these cookies that you make. He doesn't like mine. Can I get the recipe, please? It was so big of her to go there and mm -hmm. ask that from someone who openly dislikes her, from, from someone who openly resents her. Like, I don't mm -hmm. know if I would have done that. No. That takes a lot. That takes a really big person. It does. And you can see that Luna's mom is sort of caving and she knows she's been childish Mm -hmm. And she's like, actually, I'm getting ready to go on break. So like, if you want to hang out for a couple minutes, I'll give it to you. So it seems like the moms have kind of laid their armors down. And, you know, things are still awkward for Bennett and Lona after that kiss. Yeah, he brings her something um, like the night before the state tournament. You know, he's like, hey, about the other night, like, I'm really sorry. And she's like, no, it's it's fine. And then she says, I've always hated you because I thought you hated me. And now I don't know what to think. She's having an identity crisis. Can you imagine their whole lives? Like they're, mm -hmm. they're probably like 18 years old right now. And they've spent their whole lives thinking they were supposed to hate each other. Yeah. For what? Because of moms. They both have mommy issues. Yeah. I want to say for the thousandth time, it's Lona's mom's fault. It's all her fault. It is. It is Lona's mom's fault. All her fault. <laughs> She's so hot. <laughs> um, <laughs> She's hot. Lona's mom is hot. So it's the day of the state championship. Mm -hmm. And Lona and Bennett are up against two inner city kids. Two inner city kids who have a very different debate style than everybody else. Because they're more informal. They use a lot of anecdotal evidence to try to support their claims. And Lona has dismissed it so far throughout the movie. The two girls from the other school, there are two Hispanic girls. And Courtney, like, mm -hmm. this drives me wild. I don't know how other Hispanic people feel about it, but it, it, like, really annoys me when in movies or books they have Hispanic characters that just blur out random Spanish phrases. 
in the middle of their speech. I feel like they did it during the debate to emphasize their difference from like privileged, like non-Hispanic children. Okay. I mean, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get how that was relevant, but you know, what they are arguing is mm-hmm. how college is not worth the price of admission. And so Bennett and Lona are supposed to argue the opposite. Yeah. And so the two inner city girls, they're telling a story. They're like, let me tell you this story. Let me tell you this story. They don't even use all their time. They might use a couple minutes of it. And they're like, and we're done. And, you know, Lona gets up there to rebuke their argument. She starts off speaking a mile a minute in the very structured debate tone. Yes. Then she starts tripping. Mm-hmm. She's tripping over her words. She's getting nervous. Then Lona sees a picture, a little doodle that Bennett had made. And it's a doodle of their guidance counselor that just says, have fun. And he put it up at the podium for her. And Lona changes her plan basically she kind of closes her book where she was going to read her debate and she Mm -hmm. just starts speaking from the heart she does and you know she even says like the other girls are right lona listen this i don't know if you remember how debates work but you're supposed to debate the other people not agree with them she sabotaged it now the inner city kids they win by default instead of winning by their own merit yeah so I don't love that. It's uh, I I think that the other kids deserve to win, but also you've come this far. Why throw it all away now? Right. Bennett gets up and he actually polls the audience. He says, "Raise your hand if you understand our side of the debate." And a few people, you know, mm-hmm. raise their hands. And he says, "Raise your hand if you understood the other side of the debate." And so many people raise their hands. Yeah, and it's, I, I don't, I'm not going to lie, I don't understand the point of this whole thing. He says, you know, this proves that the other team communicated better because he says they spoke from the heart and they were speaking to you, we were speaking at you. And I mean, I have to agree because this whole movie kind of showed us that debating and debate club is speaking at people and -hmm. you're not listening to understand, you're listening to respond. So it's Mm -hmm. like they might be good debaters, but they're not good communicators. My competitive nature could never. I know. It could never. But you know what? For those inner city kids that made it to the state championship, like on their own merit, they made it to the state championships. And now they're mm-hmm. winning by default because the rich prep school kids just said, ah, eh, it's not that important. I think that's messed up. Like, give it your all and let them win by their own merit. Yeah. Because now they'll never know. They already feel like, you know, they're not good enough because mm-hmm. they're not from the prep school. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, my competitive nature could never it could never. I would have been like, nah, dude, you need a debate. You need to do this. I'm going to tie you to a chair. If I was Bennett, I would have like yanked her ass away from that mic so fast. It's funny how they all kind of get on the same page because even Bennett's mom like claps at the end. And I'm just like, I call bull crap on that because Bennett's mom is too competitive to be like, yay. My she s- called and threatened Yale admission administrators. <laughs> like, Yeah, there's no way. Well, As you can probably tell, they lost. Mm -hmm. And Lona and Bennett seem pretty content with, you know, that decision 
that she made for them. Yeah, life goes on and we kind of skip to the end of the school year and they're getting ready to go to prom. Uh, they're all dressed up mm-hmm. and we learn that they each got into the school that the other person wanted to get into. Yeah, so Lona gets accepted to Yale and Bennett gets accepted to Harvard. So they swap all of their paraphernalia, all of their school spirit stuff that they had collected. (laughs) Even though Bennett and Lona are dressed for prom, they obviously don't go to prom. No, they go to the movie theater, load up on candy, and go watch old movies. But dude, I didn't know this was an option. Like when I was in school, I didn't know you could skip a dance and just go to the movies. Like that's where I would have been at if I would have known. You know what? I would have went to prom. I would have ate because the food at prom was amazing. Um, At least both of the proms I went to. Really? They were really good. Yeah. I don't even remember eating at prom. What was the food? Oh, so they had like a full catered buffet. So it was like um, there was like um, like roast beef. There was chicken breast. There was salad and rolls, mashed potatoes, the fancy whole green beans with like the olive oil and lemon on it. Courtney, um, how many years ago was that? And you literally remember exactly what you ate at prom. Can Like this is what I picture. I picture this room like... The lights are down, people are dancing, and you're like over by the buffet just like doing your happy girl dance. Like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> And then they had a cheesecake bar afterwards. My The high school I graduated from was a very rich white uh, high school. I don't remember there being food at my prom at all. Like maybe there was, I don't remember. Oh, it was fantastic. Well, here's the thing. So um, Paycor Stadium, where the Taylor Swift concert is, It used to be called Paul Brown Stadium, and that's where our prom was. It was in one of the country clubs inside it. It looked like a country club. Um, So it had, like, a dance floor and then, like, this big spiral staircase. Not spiral, but, like, a swoopy staircase. Yeah, you need that for prom. That's a must. So it had that, and then it had, like, um, a whole, like, two walls of windows. One looks out into, like, the Cincinnati skyline. One looks out into the field. And then all the tables and stuff set up. Taylor Swift was playing in the background. It was 2007, so yes. Um, so <laughs> these two people that just found out very late in the game that mm-hmm. they actually liked each other and were actually perfect for each other because they mm-hmm. have the same interests. Yeah. They're the same person. They're finally kind of like together at the end of the movie, but they're about to go to college. How far are Yale and Harvard from each other? I mean, I know that Harvard is in Massachusetts. I don't know where Yale is. Um, Yale is in New Haven, Connecticut. Okay. Uh, about two hours. Oh, my God. They're going to school two hours apart. Mm-hmm. Freaking Lona is in her head. She's saying, well, I don't know if we're, st- we're going to be able to be together. Girl, it's two hours away. Well, he has a car. She doesn't. Well, I hope. Guidance counselor Kathy, wherever she is, I hope she knows that her death accomplished great things. Um, okay, well. And that her candy was probably eaten by Courtney. Why would I throw it away? <laughs> Why? I don't know. I don't know. What was it's the reason? <laughs> Anyways, that's where our movie leaves us. Yes, the teapot is empty for today. Don't worry, more is bringing it on the way. We'll be back next week with a new episode. We'll see you next time. Bye!